Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Hi, faithful listeners, this is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and today we are going to be discussing Acts chapter three. But before we get into that, I have a brand new YouTube video up, which is talking about women's roles in scripture and whether or not I should even have a Bible podcast. So that is linked in the description of this podcast episode. And I'd love for you guys to check out the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. I have content on there that I have nowhere else. So if you want more of the Bible Explained podcast or just want to support P40 Ministries further, please check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. But let's go ahead and talk about Acts chapter 3 today, verses 11 through 26. This is another very famous sermon that Peter is going to give the people. It's very blunt, so we're going to get into this. Once again, that's Acts chapter 3, verses 11 through 26. And let's jump into scripture this morning. As the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people, You men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? Why do you fasten your eyes on us as though by our own power or godliness we made him walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had determined to release him. But you denied the holy and the righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, to which we are witnesses. By faith in his name, his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, brothers, I know that you did this in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But the things which God announced by the mouth of all of his prophets, that Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, so that there may come times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Christ Jesus, who was ordained for you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of the restoration of all things, which God spoke long ago by the mouth of his holy prophets. For Moses indeed said to the fathers, the Lord God will raise up a prophet for you from among your brothers, like me. You shall listen to him in all things, whatever he says to you. It will be that every soul that will not listen to that prophet will be utterly destroyed from among the people. Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen and also 18 through 19. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who followed after, as many have spoken, they also told you of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, all the families of this earth will be blessed through your offspring. Genesis 22, verse 18. God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to you first to bless you in turning away every one of you from your wickedness. Once again, we don't hear these kinds of sermons in church too often anymore. We usually hear something like fluddy-duddy, like God loves you so much, you're perfect just the way you are. You don't need to change. You have no sin. God just loves you and tolerates you and accepts you. And so that's why you need to be tolerant and accepting of other people. 
That's my that's my best pastor voice, I think, that I can do. This sermon, you just don't hear this kind of stuff anymore. And if you do hear it, it's really few and far between. It's in very specific church denominations. And yes, I do agree that there are some church denominations that push guilt-ridden stuff far too hard. But I would say that those churches are not as common as the more modern progressive church that just teaches tolerance the entire time. So there needs to be a good balance of the two. And I think Peter really hit it here, especially in this sermon, because look at what he says at first. He mentions how the people basically did their best to destroy Jesus. But then he goes into God's love for the Israelite people and how God really wants to bless the Israelites. And in fact, he God actually sent Jesus to the Israelites specifically to bless them. That's what it says here in verse uh, in verse. What is it? Twenty five. He says, you are the children of the prophet of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father, saying to Abraham, all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. And God, having raised up his servant, Jesus sent him to you first to bless you in turning away every one of you from your wickedness. So Peter really toes the line, I think, very well between not making the people feel so guilty that it becomes like unhealthy almost, but also showing them how much God loves them and wanted to bless the Israelites specifically through Jesus, because it's very true. Jesus did go to the Israelites first before he went to the Gentiles. In fact, there are very few uh, stories about Jesus actually going into Gentile region. He primarily went to Israelite regions to bless the Israelites. And even Paul later on is going to talk about this, where he says that, you know, it was brought to the Jew first and then also to the Gentile. So the Jews were supposed to be blessed through the coming of Jesus. Well, anyway, all of this ended up happening. Peter's entire sermon here ended up happening because of the lame man that God healed through Peter. And you'll notice here that Peter takes literally no credit for this because this lame man would sit in front of the beautiful gate of the temple every single day to beg for money. And so people who visited the temple frequently would see this beggar at the beautiful gate and uh, became very familiar with him. And so the fact that he was like jumping and skipping and hopping and praising God into the temple freaked the people out so much because they were like, oh my gosh, is this the same lame man who was begging at the gate just this morning? And they realized that, yes, it was. So it says that as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's greatly wondering. So the lame man brought a crowd because as he skips into the temple after being lame that very morning and now suddenly having strength in his legs. And don't forget, this man was older. He skips into the temple and the people are just like flabbergasted by this entire scene. So they, he draws a crowd to him, basically, and the people are all greatly wondering and awestruck over this miracle that just happened. So Peter takes this opportunity to preach a sermon to all of the people. And he starts out in verse 12 by saying, you men of Israel, why do you marvel at this man? So why are you so like shocked about this? Why do you fasten your eyes on us as though by our own power or godliness, we had made him walk? 
And then he goes into how God was the one who actually made him walk. So there's another thing. If you ever see like a healing done or a prophecy being spoken or something along those lines, and yet the prophet or the healer does not give praise to God in the end, you can assume and actually know that that prophet or healer is a phony. It all has to go back to God because God is really the one that's doing the healings. God is really the one doing the prophecies. And so obviously those prophets and those healers need to give the glory to God because God was the one who gave them the power to do that healing or prophecy or miracle or whatever else in the first place. So that's what Peter and John do. They say, why are you assuming that through our holiness or our godliness that we were able to make this man walk? We're ordinary men, just like you and everybody else here. And then Peter goes on to give the glory of this miracle, of this healing completely to God. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had determined to release him but you denied the holy and the righteous one. So <laughs> he reminds the people in the temple about Jesus. And he's just like, you know, Jesus did these healings while he was on earth. So he's able to do the healings from heaven also. And so he starts spreading the good news about Jesus. And he says, you guys remember Jesus. He was alive a very short time ago. And yet you all wanted to kill him. And so you purposefully put to death the holy one is what he calls Jesus and the righteous one, actually. And you purposefully put him to death, even though Pilate, who is a Roman, and he's also a very cruel leader, even though Pilate wanted to release him, you guys are like, no, 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 we want to put Jesus to death and we want a murderer in his place. Now, of course, that's the whole story of Jesus and Barabbas, the murderer. And the people were like shouting for Barabbas to be released to them. But yet they said they wanted to crucify Jesus and all that's found in the book of John. So Peter reminds the people of this fact. He's like, look, you guys purposefully put to death Jesus, the Holy One and the Righteous One. And then he also calls Jesus the Prince of Life. So if Jesus is the Prince of Life, like the ruler of life, then obviously death would not be able to hold Jesus down. And so that's what Peter says. He says, and then God raised the prince of life from the dead. And we are witnesses. It's interesting that every single time Peter mentions this fact that Jesus was raised from the dead, he reminds the people we are witnesses of this. We literally saw Jesus with our own eyes after he was risen from the dead. And once again, there was like 400 something people that witnessed Jesus alive after he was crucified. So there was a lot of witnesses of Jesus's resurrection. So Peter reminds people, we saw Jesus alive after you guys put him to death. And then he says, by faith in his name, he has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, it is by faith through him that is given this perfect soundness in the presence of all of you. So Peter says, look at this lame man. 
The reason he is now able to stand strong on his own legs is because of faith in Jesus. That is why. And now here's the really interesting part of Peter's sermon in verse 17 and 18. He says, brothers, I know that you did this in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But the things which God announced by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer has been fulfilled. Now, there are so many Jewish people that I've heard of and Jewish people that I personally know who has come to faith in Jesus because of the amount of prophecies in the Old Testament that show that Jesus was the Messiah. Because Jesus fulfilled every single prophecy about the Messiah. I think there's something like 200 and it's, it's over 200. There's over 200 prophecies of the Messiah in the Old Testament. And Jesus fulfilled and did every single one of those prophecies while he was on earth. There's not a prophecy you're going to find in the Old Testament that Jesus did not somehow fulfill. And so Jewish people, a lot of times they will look at that and that's how a lot of them come to faith in Jesus. So Peter reminds all the Jewish people that are there in the temple that all the prophecies that they would know, Jesus fulfilled them. The things which God announced by the mouth of his prophets that Christ should suffer has been fulfilled is what Peter says. If Jesus is the Messiah then the people need to repent of the hatred that they had toward Jesus and how they wanted to put him to death. Repent means to turn away completely. Now, every single person on earth at one point in time has hated the message of Jesus because our sinful nature constantly tugs at us to go in the opposite direction from Jesus. And I mean, I used to hate a lot of the things the Bible had to say because I was like, no, I don't want to do that stuff. I want to do my own thing. But now, as I study the scripture and even study my own life, <laughs> I can see how the scripture is so true. Because as I start to fall in line with what scripture tells me to do, I have never been more happy in my life the more I align with the scriptures in my own personal life. So there's something to that. And that's how I know the scriptures are true. Because I tried to live contrary to the scriptures for a really long time in my life. And I was miserable. I was the most miserable person. Well, maybe not the most miserable person, but I was a very, very miserable person. And I was very arrogant, very self-centered, very self-seeking. And I was miserable because all I was doing was living to gratify myself but then as I began to learn more about scripture and start applying it to my own life, I can just see how much better it is to follow and align with scripture than to just go and do your own thing or even to twist scripture a little bit so that it falls in line with whatever you want to do. The sinful nature is always trying to do opposite of what God wants you to do. The sinful nature hates the message of Jesus. But as the Holy Spirit begins to show you your sins, as the Holy Spirit begins to convict you, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what Jesus said that the Holy Spirit does is he goes out and convicts people of, this, of their sins and also shows them 
the truth. So as the Holy Spirit does that, and if a person allows the Holy Spirit to work in their life in that way, the sinful nature is not going to have as much of a hold over you. So that's what Peter tells the people here. He says, repent and turn again to God that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come. And you know, that is the best way I can describe God's word in my life. Once I began following scripture, I felt refreshed. Like that's just the best way to put it. And that's how Peter puts it too. Times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And then the last part of Peter's sermon is he mentions that Jesus is going to come again. And so the people need to be ready for when Jesus comes again. They can't just wait because if they wait and Jesus comes again, that is not going to be good for them. Here's what Peter says. He says, anybody who does not listen to this prophet, Jesus, in other words, will be utterly destroyed from among the people. And that's a prophecy from Deuteronomy 18, verse 15. And this prophecy says, Yahweh, your God will raise up to you a prophet from among you. And then that's a prophecy from Moses, by the way. Moses stated that to the people. He said, soon another prophet similar to me is going to come. And Jesus, of course, was that prophet. And anybody who doesn't listen to that prophet, their soul will be destroyed. That's talking about the spiritual death. And when Jesus comes again, he's not going to come like he did the first time as a baby and innocent and as a suffering lamb. He's not going to come like that. He's going to come as a warrior, a warrior who's going to renew and restore everything back to its former glory before the sin nature took over. And when Jesus comes as a warrior in that way, every soul that does not believe in Jesus is going to be destroyed because Jesus is the only way to the Father. And the Father is the only way you can ever have eternal security. So you need Jesus in order to get close to the Father. And anybody who rejects Jesus and the message of Jesus is going to be destroyed in the end. And then it says, yes, and all the prophets from Samuel and those who followed after also told of these days, and you are the children of these prophets. And of the covenant which God made with your fathers, saying that you will be blessed because of Jesus, is basically how Peter ends this sermon. He says, you know, all of you guys are so blessed because you got to see and experience Jesus here in your lifetime. And I mean, that really is a blessing. Honestly, if you were to ask pretty much anybody, if they could like travel back in time to biblical times, what time would they travel back to? I'm pretty sure everybody, most people anyway, would say, I'd like to see the times of Jesus because that is a huge blessing. And I think everybody would like to experience Jesus being on earth, like God being in human flesh and doing all those miracles. That'd be such a cool time to experience. And so it was a blessing for the Israelite people of this time period to have Jesus walking among them. And yet they rejected that. They rejected that. And so Peter says at the very end, turn away from your wickedness. Don't reject Jesus again. You rejected him once. Don't do it again. 
Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. This is just the gospel message all over again. And I really like Peter's sermons. They're very, um, they're very different, like I said, from the, the mamby-pamby stuff that we have nowadays. I would love to hear more sermons like this preached in churches because this is the stuff that really helps people see the error of their ways and really helps them turn to Jesus. This is like soul-stirring stuff. Say that five times fast. Alrighty, guys. Well, I will see you next time on the podcast. Tomorrow, we're going to be in the book of Judges. Because don't forget, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I'm in the Old Testament on the podcast. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. So tomorrow, we're in the book of Judges. And I am loving the book of Judges. I just, I love the book of Judges. It's such a fantastic book. It is so interesting. It is so good. It's so filled with history of, you know, God's grace and God's goodness. But all right, guys, I'll see you tomorrow. Happy listening and God bless.